The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Max on either side, he takes the shotgun snap, play fake pressure, coming, he's in big trouble, down he goes, ball came out, Montez Sweat, the hit on Flacco, and the ball rolls out of bounds to the Bears sideline. You're not running away from Montez Sweat, Flacco empties, three left, two right, snap back, stun up front, coming around the edges, Jones, and he walks right in and down, Montez Sweat, down he goes! Sack number two for Montez Sweat. Matt Eberflus dialing up some specials. A great stunt there, and Sweat came unlocked up the middle in the face of 38-year-old Joe Flacco in a 10-yard sack. Snap to Flacco. Looking to throw. Montez Sweat says hello one more time. Montez Sweat with a sack. Third of the day. Drops him for eight yards. He's uh, he's been off. Awesome. He's only credited with two and a half sacks, so not quite three. Two and a half. I'll take two and a half sacks any day. You think so? What's he got now on the season? He's got 12 and a half. Is that what it is? He does. He leads both the Commanders and Bears in sacks. 12 and a half sacks. He's so good, not just at the pass rush either, but he's so long and he's so athletic. Like, he, he makes a lot of plays in pursuit. On like you know how a play will be going the other direction and the back will cut back and he's right there. Like he's just the multiplier, as the cool kids say. That's he what makes everybody better. Pulse has said that from the yeah. start at, at that press conference. Look, I'll look at the camera and I'll say it. I was I was wrong about the second round compensation because my fear was always rationalized based on his stats in Washington. That I thought he was a nine sack a year guy. Um, that he was a good player but not a great player. And we were rushing to get him because the Bears were desperate to get some sort of of a guy up front. And I was worried that they were paying a premium price for a a good player, not a great player, a non-premium player. The way he has played, he is nothing short of a premium player. And I hope it continues because... uh, the, the the trade is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, because he is. I would not hesitate to trade a second round pick for no. this type of production, and you lock him up for the ninety eight million or whatever it was. Well, if you and, didn't trade the second round pick, you weren't going to have him because he was going to sign. Like the word was, is that if it wasn't us, it was going to be Atlanta, and he's from Atlanta, and they were going to lock him up to right. a long term deal. Well, and I, I always understood that. My fear was again was giving a second-round pick for a nine-sack-per-year guy or paying $98 million to a nine-sack. He may get nine for the Bears alone. Yeah, He may reach nine for just the Bears in half a season. Again, never getting 10 with the Commanders. Maybe it's because of the way they play defense. Maybe it's because they had so many guys on their front 
and he wasn't able to do all the things that he could do. Well, you had four first-round picks on right. the run. Maybe not enough basketballs yeah. to go around. Yeah. Um, but he has been outstanding. 27 years old as well. Just turned 27 in September, so... So, like, I'll compliment Ryan Poles and say that was, you were right. Yeah. You were right. Keep it's a doing, fantastic addition. He makes guys better. Look, I mean, they've got some pieces. And I know that the, the, the Browns were starting a backup center. But Billings is, you know, he, he's a guy that flashes, too. Like, he was a, a, a run game wrecker. And, and Dexter's a young man as a rookie who is starting to show up in a lot of ways as well. So... Look, you've got pieces. There's no question you've got pieces. It's it, it's like the old thing. A to B is one thing. B to C is another thing. Like the easiest thing to do in this league, I think, and it's not easy, but it's easier to go from three wins to eight wins. Is It's not easy, but it's significantly easier than going from eight wins to 11 wins. Of course. That's the difficult next step to to hurl yourself into the conversation with the 49ers and the Eagles and the Cowboys, albeit they're coming off a horrible loss yesterday, there's a, there's a huge batch of mediocre in this league. And you should be right in the middle of it right now and being coming out of it and, and trying to join the next group sooner rather than later. They've got a chance. They've got a chance to be better sooner than you think because some of these, these pieces have been very impressive. Calvin on the south side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Calvin? Hey, what's going on, Waddle? What's going on, Sylvia? Hey. I got a quick thing. Yeah, nothing much, man. Waddle, you're an ex-receiver. I just got to say one thing. I'm a fields guy, and I'm going to stand by it, but I understand what y'all the coach The coaches, he, he dodged your question, Sylvia. But anyway, Waddle, let me, you playing receiver. I played a little football back in the day. Mm-hmm. When, I, when they practice that um, Hail Mary and tip drill, they always have a trailer guy. Yeah. My thing is, is like, why don't you concentrate and look that ball in and you catch it? Because I know if that's you, Tom, you catch it at 100% of the time in Tecmo Bowl, let alone in the real game. <laughs> but <laughs> but that, like like you said, Silver, to your point, he got to go. But I'm a believer in Fields. The problem is you have to understand what a quarterback can do well and what he can't do well, like Yorkie said. You can use him like a Lamar Jackson. And also, look at people who want to criticize him on his game. Watch Brock Purdy, how he played against that same defense. Those guys are for real. So, I mean, I get it. Yes, he has room for improvement, and I, I get all that. But like I say, when it came down to making a play, Tunyon, Mooney, Scott, yeah. outside of Moore, you see what T. Higgins did when Brower went when Jamar Chase went out. T. Higgins yeah. stepped up like a number one receiver. So, y- 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 y'all right, y'all there. Just get some more playmakers where you can say, this guy, this guy, this guy. Hey, let's get the ball running. Because other than that, you're not far off. If you're in the game, you can win the game. But I appreciate y'all's show. Thanks for taking my Thanks, call. Thanks, Calvin. Um, look, some of the times it's not the stuff that you notice right away. It's the other stuff that you go back and see that leaves you a little more I wouldn't say disturbed, but unsettled. Like I showed you guys three or four plays from the Detroit game, and it was a game where Justin played well, where you still look at these things, and I show them to you, and I look at them, and I go, well, what's, why isn't this play being made? Why isn't this decision being made? Why isn't this ball being thrown? Why is that ball being sailed over somebody's head? Like So it's not just the moments where guys are letting him down. There are other moments. Like I, I'm looking forward to seeing the film tomorrow um but like on the fourth down call everyone is telling me that and i heard eber say like it's a run pass call and he has the option to throw it and dj moore is running wide open down the field and he decides to keep it he gets stopped short so 
you know, there are still, there are things that you watch and they still leave you unsettled is the best way to say it. He's not getting helped by a lot of guys and hasn't. Like he's been belt, dealt a bad hand over the course of some of, 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 in some ways in his career. It's, it's, that Hail Mary is not an easy catch, but if you want to get paid and you want to be part of the, of the, you know, the group going forward, you got to make the play. Darnell Mooney would tell you he's got to make that catch. He had an opportunity to catch it. Robert Tunyon's got to make that play. Oh, my goodness. Tyler Scott's got to make that play. And I, I, there are a ton of plays where you guys have to – you got to help each other out. The, 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 the Tunyon signing has not turned out. No, but, not but, the way I thought. No, because, you know, the stat about him was always that he never dropped passes. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Boy, oh boy, that's a play. That's you got to make it. It may a, change the entire feel, at least of the first half of the game. You got to make the play. Well, and, and he has been let down by Getze. He has been let down by uh, Tunyon. He has been let down by others. I, and and I, I would argue that he has let himself down. Uh, like again, like he still doesn't do enough to elevate the offense by himself. He will make that flash play in the end zone. Where they don't score without Justin's athleticism. Like, Correct. again, the, the, the crap short yardage calls. I don't know what's gone on these last couple of weeks with these third and fourth down plays with one yard to go. Last week it was third and short, fourth and short when I told Eberflus to throw those plays in the garbage. Uh, yesterday, remember, with fourth and one, they didn't pick it up. Um, well, yeah. the ball's in your quarterback's hands. Like, that's what you want. You want the ball in Justin's hands on well, fourth and one. Right, right. But, but again, they didn't pick it up on uh, late in the game on right. fourth down. Um, it, it, so at the goal line then, it took them how many snaps? Seven, seven or eight. Seven to get in. And it took Justin's incredible athleticism to get it in. It's, he is great when it's pick up, pick up, scramble drill type ball. Off platform plays. Yes. He's, there's no one in the league that's better than him. But again, when it comes to just playing quarterback, he can, he can elevate more. He well, can the, be better. Yeah, I, I mean, and, listen, and he's, we all, your, he's your focal point of your offense, and your offense against better defenses this year has failed to show up. Two games against the, the Vikings. They scored zero offensive touchdowns. And I just wish that his fan base, and I'm part of his fan base, but... More like the real sycophant uh, Justin Fields fans would judge him like they judge Getsy, like they judge Caleb Williams, like they judge Eberflus, like they judge Tunyon, like they judge everyone else. But they've got the blind spot with the plays that he doesn't make. They love to point the finger and they never look at the mirror. When it comes to Justin's shortcomings. There's no way this offense could be this inept against good defenses without everybody failing. It's impossible. It's, 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 Im- it's impossible to be this inept against the top defenses in the league consistently without everybody pitching in to be inefficient. Uh, Jerry and Mokina, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Chair? Well, I have a question to ask Tommy. Who decides what players are going to be on the field, first of all, on offense and on defense. If we travel back in time with regard to the Lions game, Swat's not even on the field. Uh, where is Equinox, whatever his name, Brown? He's hurt. Uh, EQ's hurt. Did you he's call out. Him Equinox? He's not available because he's hurt. Okay, but we still have uh, Mooney trying to throw the block there, and he completely whiffed. 
Tanyan, like you were saying a second ago, uh, supposedly had good hands in Green Bay. Since he's come here, he's had horrible hands. So why is he on the field for the pass that they're going to throw there? You know, Getsy Dell's up a nice play, but why is the personnel so ridiculous in the times that they're out there? Listen, I don't get it. Um, a, that's not a route you're going to ask Mercedes Lewis to run. Um, Cole Komet was on the field, I believe, and was running a different portion of that route. Robert Tunyon's paid to make that play. He didn't make the play. Like, isn't, isn't that part of, to the, the, the niceness of the play is that it's Tunyon running free? Right. Like if it's Mooney or DJ Moore. You're going to get some, more attention. It, right. Like, oh, yeah. like Tunyon, the, the, it's, right. it's sort of a surprise. Right. right. And you're not expecting a backside tight end to actually be running your deep sail route coming all the way across the field. It's a really well-designed play. It was well-executed by the quarterback. He dropped the football that at the very least, uh, uh, my guess is it goes in for a touchdown. I don't know if 44 or whatever his number was was going to catch him or not. But at the very least, that's a 50-yard game. Mm-hmm. And it sets the tone for the start of the, the... This is why I've said, like, I can't point the finger at any one person and say you're the only reason why. They have taken turns shooting themselves with the PP pistol. Like they just take they take the pistol out and they consistently in crunch time shoot themselves right into growing with it and you can't do that. Mm. Uh, Jimmy on the north side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy? What's up, fellas? Best your families. You too. Happy Jimmy. holidays. Uh, that was a phenomenal interview with Lewis. He's so forthcoming. Um, I learn something every week. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, you know. I think if after week three, if I'd have told you guys that we would be five and nine with three of the most epic, staggeringly historical historical uh, breakdowns of all time as losses as part of been part of that recipe, what would you guys say? I mean, I mean, really, we should beat eight and six right now, and it's a lack of strategy, ability to make strategic decisions, and ability to execute. Let me give you the perfect example: the end of the third quarter. It's third and eight. You run the ball. It's fourth and one. You have eight seconds. Now, we know from halftime there's this uh, quasi-wind in there that Kylo, Cairo Santos can't uh, kick a field goal into. So we can either call a timeout and kick it, or we can kick it on the other side of the break, depending on where, where which direction we're going. Or you could go so for it on talk. fourth and one. And not get it. Well, well, well you, well, you can't, you can't, you can't use that as the excuse for not going. No, 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 you want your team going for it on fourth yeah, and one? I have no problem with their decision to go for it on fourth and one there. Here's the thing, though, Tom. There's two very good defenses pitching very good games, right? We know as guys from as Bears fans for a long time that before this four, going for it on fourth down became fashionable, you, you take points. When you're up 10 points, and you have the ability, an 85% chance to kick it in to make it 13 points and two touchdowns, as opposed to missing uh, missing it or not making the fourth down. Then they get a field goal, and the glue sniffing Browns fans are into the game, and it's like you know now the whole game's changed because you've decided that you don't want to kick a 48 yard field goal. Yeah, I know, like, Jimmy. I, I I get what you're saying, but I don't share your. I didn't have a problem with their – for me, it always comes down to as much or more. It comes down to player execution as much as decisions, and none of it's been good. Were the kids playing with glue, right. the, were the kids playing with glue this weekend, and were you sniffing some of it? 
Like I think oh, you, I just, I, I'm always, I'm always sniffing glues. <laughs> like, I, like, Jimmy, I, I, I would think a you of all people would want your team to go for it on fourth and one, yes. up ten, with, with not like, like, get the offense going, like. Put them away here. Listen, you're still trying to build, right? You're a team. You're not the Cowboys. You're the Bears. Like, you're still trying to rebuild. These are learning moments. These are evaluation moments. These are all things like, I want my team going for it on fourth and one in that situation. Show me what you got. At the 30-yard line? Show me what you got. I'll rip their ass, but I'm not not ripping their ass for that. I just not like that. I don't understand why why you want two touchdowns. I don't understand that. And two touchdowns in the in the fourth quarter. Well, a thirteen it's again. A big it's not fourteen or fifteen or again. It's it's two touchdowns beat you basically. Still, like, I, what was I, it? What was it at the time? It was ten. It was. Yeah, ten. It was 10. still ten. So it's like, still a two touch. It's still a two score game. I, 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 yeah, I want my offense still. Yeah, building. You've got the most dynamic running quarterback in the league right now, too. At four, a fourth and one, like. Like, I thought, well, did you see the Vikings game? Like, I, Kevin O'Connell, yeah. I don't know what was going on in his brain. In the Vikings game, you had, who was the kid that they had starting at quarterback? He was a kid from Mullins. Ole Miss or Southern Miss. Mullins. Mullins. Third and inches, you have him sneaking it. Fourth and inches, you have him sneaking Now, like, that, I, if I've got Mullins as my quarterback, then I don't want you doing that. If I've got Justin, I'm cool with going in on fourth and one. Yeah, well, the play calls are equally as bad, guys, and I'm okay with going for it if you can get it. But if you can't get it because you can't call but the well, play, but let me ask you a question: What if we find out? But what if we find out there was some player error in it? Like there were some then opportunities. Tush push. Remember, like oh, that, is that the was fundamentals again. Well, well look, two, look, two years Cole in your, in your that's <laughs> a, that was a terrible false start on Cole Komet in the tush yes. push on on the goal line. Right. Thank goodness he caught the touchdown pass because I was pissed at him. Like yeah. they, you can't make yeah. that mistake on the on the touch push out of all plays. Look, Jimmy, Jimmy, is, Jimmy, if they would have decided to if they would have decided to kick that field goal, I wouldn't have raged against it. It's just one of no. those plays where I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a problem with what they did. Once you make a decision, though, execute the play. Like I know totally. I sound like Eberflus when when I say that, but once you make a decision, now it's up to you to do your jobs. But I never problem. Thing- the same thing stands with, like, you know, you get out after they score and you run a play that's, you know, a high high probability, high percentage play. But what I noticed yesterday was D.J. Moore's ankle was bothering him. Yes. And that was all that needed to be shown to see that we are pretty light in the wide receiver room, at least in terms of having guys with some size. And I think, you know, if this pick continues to drift the second one towards the number one pick, I think you have to find a way to get Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that guy's a game changer. DJ, you know, DJ Moore and Mooney, not quite as sexy as DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. in this time, in, you know, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I don't know, guys. It's just been a really disappointing year. Yes, they should be better than they are. They need a left tackle, too. Like, yeah. I, I'm still not sure no. about Braxton Jones. No, like, I'm not either. If he's your swing tackle, fine. Like, yeah. Yes. yeah. And, and look, I, I mean, would I love to have Marvin Harrison Jr.? Absolutely. I told you last year I thought he was the best player in college football, regardless of position. But we've documented this quite a bit. You should be able to find somebody. If it's not him, then you should be able to find somebody that can make a difference at that position. How, uh, how, can, you get, how can you get me T. Higgins? Well, he has, uh, to, they, he has to get out of Cincinnati. Right. Are so they going to sign him? I would if I was them. Do they have money? Do they have cap room? I or is think that... they do. 
I think uh, I think they do because he's had a disappointing year. Then he then he he was the win because of guy this past weekend. Yes, boy, that some of those plays. Did you see the play when he he, yeah. he took the ball with his arm and yeah. just brought it o- caught the ball and brought it over the goal line? There were two in plays in, in that game where they just threw the ball. Browning just threw the ball up in the air, and his guys made plays. How about him and DJ Moore lining up? I would that would be fantastic. He's Fantas- what twenty three or twenty four. Yeah. yeah. You just have to pay him. Or, or, like, trade something for him if they would, I don't know, if they would franchise and trade him. I don't know what, how, how, what they would do. I'm not sure they're going to have the cash to franchise him with Burrow and Chase. They could, they could transition him. What did, what did Burrow end up signing for? Did he leave any money on the table with T. Higgins? I don't think so the, because I thought he, he became the I highest he paid. Did, you're, I, I remember both of those being true, though. Like he somehow there's some loophole, maybe that he is how the money is being. Like he may have backloaded it a little bit or something to try to create some space for T Higgins. But it's yeah, you bring me T Higgins, I'd be thrilled. The LSU wide receiver everyone's talking about that could go in the first few picks of the draft. Malik neighbors, yeah. If not uh, Harrison, like there are other guys guys besides Harrison. Yeah, like listen, if you get tall guy too, Keon Coleman too is also Washington has Roma Dunze. That's another good one. Look, if you at at this particular time, if you give me the the option of having the best left tackle or Marvin Harrison Jr. at the same spot, I'm probably going with the left tackle instead of Marvin. No. Yeah. What do you mean no? Wait, wait, wait. Then you got Darnell right and a left tackle. Yeah. I, for, I think I think Harrison Jr. special. Four years? I do too, but yeah, again, like you can find I think Devontae Adams is special. What was he, a second or third rounder? Like I think Protecting there's a lot of your guys. Quarterback that are, is special he, too. Sure, but you can find two uh, a left tackle in the second or I third round at the same time. I think it's easier to find a wide receiver than it is a, a dominant left tackle. I agree. Are you giving me uh, again, I mean this is a reach, Jeff. You're giving me someone that projects projects to be Trent Williams? Like, yeah, that, well, I'm just saying. What's well, your hope, isn't Trent, it? Trent Williams or Calvin Johnson? I'm taking Trent Williams. Probably. Well, yeah. uh, Trent Williams, I mean, like, where They're did both Hall where of Famers. Was, yeah. Where was Ayuk right. and Debo found? Uh, neither was a first round pick. But you could also say the drop off between Marvin Harrison's ceiling to what Darnell Mooney, who's your current wide receiver, too, is much bigger than. Whoever you're going to draft versus what Braxton Jones is, right? True. But again, I think it's easier to find guys who can be difference makers at wide receiver outside of the first three picks. Again. You've always hated wide receivers. No, I think honest. you go through the top ten receivers and, and you list me where they were drafted. Go through the top ten. Re- we Jeff- can do that next. Well, let's do Chase you, Jefferson. You want, let, let's do it next. Let's do the top ten wide receivers or top 15 wide receivers in the NFL. And, and tell me where they were drafted. And then, and then like, give me in relation to how good their team is, too. Sure. Like, I think that that's also very important. Um, a lot of these guys are late first round, if not beyond the first round. Like Tyreek Hill, they were extenuating circumstances. But, it, but, but that, that plays CD into it. C.D. Lamb was the 17th pick of the first round. You know what I mean? So yeah. Jamar Chase I, was, what, fifth? A.J. Yeah, Brown yeah. Is, is, was a second-round pick. You know, uh, Keenan Allen. Where was Keenan Allen select? Keenan Allen Second, was a third round third. Pick. Yeah, I mean, so let's I mean, do this so next. So don't do this now. Do it next. Well, the list is endless. Okay, well, let, let, let's go through it. Uh, 312-332-3776. All your phone calls uh, coming up. 
And then I, I, I have one of our listeners who was at the game yesterday to give us a little help on why the Bears didn't go for the field goal before the half. I know um, our buddy just called in about Jimmy, why he wanted to kick a field goal in the third quarter. But a lot of people, it was the topic of halftime. Why didn't the Bears try to kick the 55-yarder at the half? Everflu said it, they were eight yards shy of the target line. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our listeners weighed in on it. He was at the game. I'll tell you what he had to tell us uh, coming up next. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. And he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt. You can use the smelling salt right now. Let me have one. Wind Trust's Community Banks, they are the sponsor of Waddle's World, and they are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wind Trust Community Bank. Visit windtrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Why, why do you need them now? Open just up the to, sinuses? Just, yeah, just to shake me up a little. Don't they sell them at Walgreens? I think so. Yeah. We did that before, didn't we? Didn't we have that little yeah, we should experiment? Get some. Yeah. You know what I could use it'll right now? It'll get you. It'll get you. What could you use right now? You're going to giggle. You need a tea bag. You I'm need just, a tea bag? I'm just drinking hot water. I need either some You need honey. a tea bag, huh? Yeah. I need I need a, like, a, a real tea bag. Not a, not, 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 not yeah, from How you. bad do you need it? Not from you. Oh, wait a second. Don't look at me. This has nothing to do with me. If I if I could go get you a tea bag, I'd go get you a tea bag. Yeah, I'm just drinking hot water now. I did some honey. Listen. I've been drinking hot water and honey for the last week. Look at you. Yeah. Like Frank Sinatra over here. Gotta keep the pipes in check. Yeah. I could use a coffee is what I could use. Let's let's make a you don't you don't like the Starbucks coffee, do you? Uh I, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't I don't pursue it, but I will I'd be happy to I don't uh pursue it. Watch. I'd rather dunk it. Yeah, I know you're you're a bigger but that's Duncan fine, fan. But if, if you if you, do you want have a cup? Do you have a what? cup? I have a, a thermos. Yeah, but yours has got like all that like No, it's not. It's fancy not. coffee. It's not. It's it tastes like v- vanilla beans. No, this and one's stuff. not vanilla. This one's just a normal. What is it? It's uh, it's from Colorado, but it's it's it has Ooh, no imported. It has no flavor. You know what? Take, I a, love take a swig, Mel- Meller. I love it. He carries this big thermos like he's going on the construction site, and he just he just drinks hey, coffee. Who, who wants a little sip? He's <laughs> not enough for Waddle. He drinks coffee all day long. Just all day the coffee flows. About five. That's when I shut it down with the coffee. It's five amazing. PM. Oh, that's a little late. That thing is five a little late too. Tank. How many cups of coffee do you think you drink a day? Used to be more. It was I, I would drink a pot. That's so it's that twelve cups. But I told I, you my wife's of black though. No sugar. No. My wife no, called uh, me at the office cream. about a month ago. For the she she looked at the Amex bill for the first time in forever because usually she just ignores things like that. She just, just like pretends they don't exist, like bills they don't exist. Now she's looking at it. She looks at the bill line and by she's line. Like, she's like, what is up? She calls me. She never calls me. Calls me at the office. Miller, you were here for that day, I think. And, sh- and she's like, what are all these charges to Dunkin' Donuts? $7, $10, whatever. I go, I don't know. Usually when I get to work, I sometimes I go to Dunkin' Donuts to get myself a coffee and I get the good kid 
Yurko a cup of coffee. She goes, I just didn't know you drank coffee in the afternoon. I go, yeah. He said, let me look at this this bill. And <laughs> start itemizing it. it. I looked at it. It was like 50 bucks worth of coffee. And below it, her itemized charges, four seasons. Four seasons. Uh, Miami, huge restaurants and boutiques. There's like hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of charges. And I looked, I said, I said, I don't bust your chops for this. What do you, well, I just didn't know that you were going to Dunkin' Donuts every day. Yeah, maybe, maybe she thought they were, um, like uh, someone was misusing the card, maybe. No, 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 no. What are you doing at Dunkin' Donuts every day? Why are you drinking coffee in the afternoon? Maybe you got a crush on the barista or something. It's like, yeah, it's, you know what I do sometimes, hon? I walk out of the out of the parking garage and I hang a left. And 12 feet to my left is the door to the Dunkin' Donuts. And I go in there, get myself a coffee, and usually Johnny a, a you, coffee. You should say, I'm just, I have a big donut fetish. Yeah. I just I, I, eat I just thought it was hilarious donuts. that she called me to bust my balls about all of the Dunkin' Donut charges and right below all of my charges Four and seasons. it was the week that she had gotten back from the tennis camp <laughs> where, where, where every charge, Four Seasons Spa Four Seasons, you know, bar. brunch. Yeah, brunch. It's like are you, are you serious? She's in Italy right now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why you're bringing this to the table. She's in Italy she's right now. The country. She's in Italy. And she can't hear. Oh, she doesn't listen anyway. <laughs> she, she, she's in Italy. Why are all these charges to Dunkin' Donuts? Seven bucks. What time I is got it? A, I, got, I got contacted today by the credit card. If you were, uh, this charge is something that is yours from Florence or wherever it is in Italy, please enter this number. What I'd is like, it, no. 1030 there? Seven hours? I don't know. No idea. No, no. You know, she's out. She's, uh... Yeah, she's eating a late dinner. She's yeah, putting it on his card right. right now. Just, it's crazy. It's craziness. Pure craziness. You're just looking for a teabag over there. I need a teabag. <laughs> that's coming back. There's uh, no doubt. Not only got, is that coming back, got, that's part of the open. It might be a combo. We had uh, Peggy swallowing earlier today in Crosstalk. Oh, yeah. Now Sylvie's requesting teabags. Do you, want, do you want to know what John sent us? Well, John, he was at the game? John was at the game. What did he say? He tweeted. Gale force wind? About the 55-yard uh, attempt. Why? And Matt Eberflew said he was eight yards. I, I don't know if you heard the exchange yesterday, too. Eberflus at first was like, I'm not talking about target lines. Did you hear this? I did not. And, and, then, he, and then someone goes, on TV, you said he was eight yards behind his target line. He yeah. goes, oh, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I'm not telling you where the target line was. Listen, they leave this up. They, they leave this up to the kickers. Yeah, yeah. But it was like he was being secretive yeah, about I, it. And he's like, you told the radio and yeah. television broadcast that he was eight yards. So John tweeted and he said, I was at the game. Cairo was awful kicking to that end zone in warm-ups before the game. And out of the half, he was well short from 50. The only thing I would say, and I'm fine, listen, they, they do this. They, this isn't willy-nilly. They don't lick their finger and hold it in the air and go, ah, wind's blowing too hard. We're not going to try this one. Like, there's a method to their madness. Look, we, we'll, we'll give them hell for things they deserve to be given hell for. They go through a, an intricate process when the, when the game is in warm-ups to see where they... The only thing that I was thinking was, look, 
if this is a play that occurs sometime in the first quarter or halfway through the second quarter, the last thing you want to do is give the ball back to the other team in great field position. But considering it was the last play of the half, were you willing, even knowing that it wasn't likely you could make it, maybe you catch a boomer? I don't know. Right. That's the only reason why I would have said, hey, it's probably well out of your reach, but why not give it a try? Because if you miss it, and it's not returned, so we got to cover if it's not returned, it's the end of the half. You tell Cairo, hey, man, I know this is a little bit more out of your distance than you're comfortable, but go out there and give it everything you have. And if you're inaccurate, don't worry so much about yeah, the yeah. accuracy, but, like, give it a That's swing. That's the only thing. That's the only Meanwhile, thing I would have said about it. Hey, by the way, have you guys seen Brandon Aubrey for the Cowboys the last yeah, five weeks? 60s. He's kicking 70 yarders and yeah. warm-ups. Maybe yeah. uh, Tyler sent us in the, yeah, run, uh, in the, in the game, rundown. Within the game, maybe, you're, you know, that goes up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, but you got the adrenaline flowing. The adrenaline, yeah. That's the only reason why I would have said, even though that, you know, Cairo said it's out of my distance, that you may said, hey, go out there and just give it a shot anyway because it's the last, the last play to have. The other thing, too, is that play was into the wind, right? Yeah. Well, the, right. well if, if the other team is receiving, don't you get to choose which direction you want to kick it? And if that's the case, why wouldn't you take the win in the second and the fourth quarter? Or is that they, not or the way it's did done? Did they defer? Because if you choose I think to defer, they won the toss. No, and won the toss and they chose the to take yeah. it. Yeah. So okay. if that's the case, don't you choose which direction yes, you're going to kick you it? you do. But wouldn't you want the win in the second half? They well, switch every quarter. quarter. That's right. So you that's want right. Right. You would get it in second and the fourth quarter yeah, is right. what no, you would right. want, yeah. right? Yeah. So why would you choose to kick it in a direction with the wind but in had, the first quarter? It was a, would have been a good question for the coach when we had him. Yeah, I just think you read my mind, Sylvie. You know what I mean? If, listen, he wasn't going to give you a good answer anyway. Well, maybe that one he would Why would just talk and we're spitballing through this at this point? Why wouldn't you take the win in the second and the fourth quarter? The fourth quarter. I don't know. Do, are we going to? That's do, about the bottom of the list of my things to be concerned about. Are we going to go through this wide receiver? Yeah, list? I got it right here. Okay, let's do this. Okay, number one, you're talking about in terms of receiving yardage. That's how this is listed. Well, yeah. Well, number well, one. Okay, well, we'll just go. Well, well, who are the best receivers? Like, well, I, I, I got to start with a list, and this is by yards. Tyree Kill's leading the league in yards. Tyree Kill was a fourth round pick. Number two is C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb was the 17th pick of the draft in 2020. Late round, first or later round, mid round, first round. AJ Brown was the 51st pick of the draft. He's third in yardage. Keenan Allen was a third round pick. Uh, Coming in at number five currently is Amon Ross St. Brown. He was a fourth round pick. Uh, After him is Jamar Chase. He was the very high pick. He was the fifth pick of the draft by Cincinnati. Number six or number eight is DJ Moore. DJ Moore was the 24th pick of the first round in the year he came out, followed by Brandon Ayuk, who was late first round himself. Mike Evans is number 10 on this list. He was picked seventh overall by Tampa Bay, followed by Michael Pittman Jr. from the Colts, who was picked in the second round, followed by Stephon Diggs, who was picked in the fifth round, followed by Nico Collins from Houston, who was a third round pick. Followed by Amari Cooper, who was the fourth pick of the draft going back to 2015 by Oakland. And finally, rounding out your top 15 is Devontae Adams, who was a second round pick, 53rd overall. So, I guess, you know, wouldn't your conclusion be that you can find, you don't have to choose at the top of the first round to find quality at that particular position? 
Yeah, I, I, I think that the bulk of the the best wide receivers are not drafted in the top five. I would agree with that. And I think it's mostly because the tendency is, is the teams don't draft them that high anymore unless you feel you have a revolutionary player. And I think most of all, it's based on the quarterback. The quarterback play. And again, like Justin Jefferson... 19, 17, 19, something like that, wasn't he? And again, what what is Justin Jefferson one? Like, I would love Justin Jefferson on my team. 22nd he was picked. But he hasn't won. He's not top five. Like... Well, he, yeah, I mean, not he wasn't picked in the top five. Jamar Chase. Wait a minute, was. you hate Kirk Cousins, and now you're going to ding Jeff, Justin Jefferson because he couldn't win with Kirk Cousins, Sylvie. You're Mister Kirk Cousins can never get it done. I actually thought Justin Jefferson was drafted higher, so he's drafted twenty second. Yes, Jamar Chase was the LSU there's wide receiver. There's was a lot drafted of high. There's a lot of first round picks though, too. That especially the last four or five years. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Justin Jefferson, who, uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. They're really good wide receivers. They are, but they're all drafted somewhere between, what, 10 and 20? But could you say this is the Bengals conundrum that they were in when they did take yes. Jamar Chase? They took Jamar Chase instead of taking Panay Sewell, and then they got to the Super Bowl. Like, that is winning with the receiver, and you're kind of doing this. They also had Joe they Burrow, had Joe Burrow you're going to have the, the first overall pick. You may find your Joe Burrow. You kind of have both of the Bengals drafts in one at this point. It, it, look, it's a different story if you if you have one and three. Uh, I, I I'm still up for that debate, but I'm not for um, skip the quarterback and just take Marvin Harrison. Oh no no no. I'm with you there. That's yeah. silly. Yeah, I think. Look, no one's going to try to talk you off of Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, he's as you good were, a wide receiver. You were 15 minutes ago. I, I'm, I'm not telling you he's not going to be a fantastic player. It's me assessing which position is more valuable I, to me. And, and my point to you is, is if you can tell me. Now, if you tell me that the top left tackle in the draft is the 15th best player in the draft, different story. No, it's not. If I, you tell me that the top left tackle in the draft is top three or four players in the draft regardless of position then it's a different call i think it's pretty uh todd mcshay has been adamant that it's caleb williams drake may and marvin harrison are the three gems in this draft but uh fashanu and alts are both right there when it comes to like the top 10 and so they'll probably be bumped up into the top five to seven as yeah. left tackles look me personally uh, and i don't know how most football people feel I don't know. I think, Waddle, you're with me. If you have a chance to solve what you really believe in, solving your left tackle position for a decade, and and then finding a way to get another really good receiver with DJ Moore and finding him in the second round or somewhere else or through free agent three C or through another trade, I'd rather do that than yeah. drafting the wide receiver and somehow, some way, finding the left tackle later in the draft. You yes. guys, are you guys out on Braxton Jones? Uh, I, I'm getting I, there. I, I'm out on him being a guy that you, can't, left you can't upgrade significantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just. I, I'm. I, but look, I'm no offensive line specialist. Like if you draft a left tackle and it turns out then that Braxton Jones in a year for t- uh, or next year all of a sudden now. Starts playing great. Like again, what? Okay, so if you have one too many tackles, who cares? Like, is that a bad thing? 
look how like how many guys aren't staying healthy for the Bears this year on the line. No, you're, I, I just wonder, too, if, if Braxton Jones could be serviceable enough, especially if Donnell Wright really does lock down the right side. If you've, I think their biggest issue is interior, where they, they need a center. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, but yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you don't draft a center in the first round. We no. all know that. Yeah, but they sure. need a center. That's such a bad spot L- listen, for them. Listen, somebody just tweeted us a, a bit ago and said, what did he say? He said, last 10 Super Bowl winners don't have a blue chip left, uh, left tackle. Dave Wanstead gave that stat out the other day. You don't have to draft a left tackle in the first round with a high... Look, that may be true, but the guy that may be left tackle for the San Francisco 49ers, if they win the Super Bowl this year, is going to be one of those guys in Trent Williams. And I think Trent Williams is as valuable as anybody on that roster, mm-hmm. you know, and what he's able to provide. So how many blue chip left tackles are there? Not uh, not 100 percent sure in, in the NFL in general. You've got Tunsil. I think he's still considered a blue chipper, right? Would you agree, Waddle, on the Texans? I think so. Uh, who's the kid Armstead? Is Armstead in that crew? I don't, I don't know if he's really a blue chipper. He's like a notch below. That's I know Andrew Thomas for the Giants is widely regarded. And and he struggled his he, rookie year. I was just year. thinking that. He was on the verge of not. Really struggled his rookie year and then became a, a really you know fantastic player. And Thomas, by the way, was the fourth overall pick in his draft. So that yeah. goes to your point where you have to draft him high. So, uh, look, I mean, these are rich people problems, as they say. If, in fact, you've got the choice between. I want the Bears to be rich. If you've got a choice between a difference-making left tackle, and one of the best wide receiver prospects we've seen in the last 20 years. I mean, you could do worse with regard to your options. Is he? You're talking about Harrison? Oh, I think so. Over Jamar Chase? I think so. 6'4", 205, just as fast. I think, I, I do. I think he's yeah, this is that's more athletic yeah. than, than Chase, and that's saying a lot. Like, I think they think he's better than Garrett Wilson, and I think Garrett Wilson is Some awesome. Think oh, he's, he's so much bigger than Garrett that's Wilson. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think Harrison has it. Like, I'm, people dra- who uh, evaluate the draft are saying that Harrison's the best guy to come out at the position since Calvin Johnson, well, this, and that's knowing this Jamar is Mel, Chase. This is Mel's. This is Mel's. Yeah, that's Mel's. Mm-hmm. So Tyler just gave this to me. Uh, Mel said he's got him ranked as the second overall uh, prospect behind Caleb Williams. I have an elite grade on Harrison, whose name should be familiar. His dad is that Marvin Harrison, whom I scouted coming out of Syracuse in 1996 and is now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The younger Harrison is on track to get my highest pre-draft grade for a wideout since Calvin Johnson in 2007 and Larry Fitzgerald in 2004. Harrison has everything from outstanding size and stellar hands to incredible body control and blazing speed. His dad ran a 4-3-3 40-yard dash before the 96 draft, but was just under six feet when the Colts took him in round one. Harrison Jr. is four inches taller and could have similar speed. He caught 77 passes for 1,263 yards and 14 touchdowns this last season. I'll admit, too, you know what? I'm convinced Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. So that's why I want him. I could I could be wrong, he but does I does some incredible stuff. Like he I really think does. the Calvin Johnson fits. You know, if you could draft one of those guys, you would sign up every time. Like, where would he have gone if he was coming out last year too? Like, he's probably a top five pick last year as just a sophomore, and I don't think you oh, can yeah. say that a lot yeah. about a lot of sophomores. No, I, I think you're it, right. It's going to be an interesting spring. Like, I think January through. End of April will be more interesting 
for us than September through December for the Bears. I agree. Would you agree? Would you agree? By the way, Jaden Daniels, the quarterback from LSU that won the Heisman, is now on up to number four on Mel's list. Brock Bowers is five. Wow, really? Tight end from Georgia is a fabulous player. Yeah, no, he was thank hurt you guys. Half the year. Not on Jaden Daniels? On tight ends. Oh, yeah. In the, in the top five. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying that I'm giving you his list. Uh, speaking of that, um, can I share something with you that I of saw course. yesterday that I don't like? I, I saw something on TV, football coverage wise, I don't like. And I want them to stop immediately on football television coverage. Really? They need to stop. My wife agreed with me on this. I'll share that with you. Okay. Uh, and if you want to talk some bears with us, 312-332-3776. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. I don't know if the games got over with early yesterday afternoon. Um, I forget what game it was on Fox in the late window. But it seemed to me like there was a lot more uh, studio time after the uh, late game on Fox. Was the late Buffalo game on Fox was Dallas and Buffalo. Yeah. So I think you're right. There was Games did get over with quicker because I noticed that the Bills and Cowboys game, since it was a blowout, it just kind of, they blood clock at the end. Yes. There were only two other games, and both of those started at 3.05. And I noticed Gronk and on, on the Fox set, and uh, I normally don't watch the studio much of the studio shows because... There's more games or Red Zone's got another game on. And I he looked so uncomfortable in the full suit. Really? Um, and I, I said, doesn't he look, I said to Allie, doesn't he look weird? He it, has it, the suit sometimes where it's, it's like not pulled forward. Yeah, it's almost yeah, looks yeah. like it's half on. I'm like, and, and my wife said, yeah, he should just yeah. wear a t-shirt on, on, on the set like everyone else. And I think it's one thing that our network ESPN has done well where, they still on Fox have all these dudes wearing the tie. Why on Sunday when they're covering football is all these guys are all these guys wearing ties? I think they do it on CBS too. They, like they were, Every were, now and again, why? you'll get a mock turtleneck. Why so formal? I don't know. Why? Well, why do you have to be formal to talk about football? Don't know. Like, uh, wear a collar with an open. Uh, uh, you see, sometimes like I don't think that that. T- Maybe they were wearing last, but sometimes Tarico and Collinsworth aren't wearing ties. They you do the sweaters. Yeah, yeah. Sweater. Sweater. you don't need a. What do you sweater need a tie? This isn't the '60s doing the news. Uh, we don't need ties on. I, think you're, and I, I don't think always you see Al Michaels on Thursdays with ties. Sometimes he's got a T-shirt that says "This game sucks." <laughs> no, NBC's like, yeah. you're no longer welcome. He here. goes with the quarter zip quite a bit. Yes. He does. Yeah. Al Michaels does. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Sylvie, because I had the same thought. Uh, after the Bears game, because Fox, well, well, the, I don't know, they went to the studio, and the thought that it was the first time I actually kind of watched it my, this year as well, and I was like, Gronk seems so out of place because he's like 20 or 30 years younger than every single other guy on the panel. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Howie oh, Long, yeah. uh-huh. Strahan, they're right. all 20 years senior to him. I mean, man, let them wear, uh, like, just... Like, Bradshaw should be in a cardigan. Like, he should definitely be wearing slippers. I think it would suit him better. I thought you were going to say coffin. Whoa, what? What? How dare 
Yeah, well, no, you started with the C, well, and, no, and, and, and no, you. I'm just I, I'm not suggesting he should be. I thought you were going to say that. That's all. Because how do you go so from old. cardigan to coffin? Well, it's a hard C. He started saying Bradshaw should be in I a. I was thinking like a Mister Rogers I'd wear, say our crop top or something no. like not a coffin. Meller. No, it's just that he's old. <laughs> so are some of us. We're not Bradshaw old. How old is Terry? Seven. Terry's had and he's had a lot issues. of health issues. Yeah. yeah. God bless Terry Bradshaw. Uh, Terry's got what? Well, let's have a little little quick guess. Seventy-eight. Wow, that old. Well, he played in the seventies. Terry Bradshaw is seventy-five years old. That's what I would have guessed. It's younger than I thought. I gotta say. Yeah. Still doing his Don't thing. Rush him out. How well, much? Jimmy's comfortably. How old do you? How old hey, do you why think do Jimmy we need our, Why do we need these former athletes wearing a full suit with ties? Do you know how old Jimmy Johnson is? Jimmy Johnson is probably seventy. I'll go seventy-eight as well. Wow, he's eighty. Eighty. Jimmy Johnson's eighty. Yeah. Damn. Now I'm not bad with the old guy. One, he's like, is one he seventy? Oh, jeez. I would Wani be. looks great for his age. I would be 70, 71. I would be 62 if I was born nine years earlier. Stop it. He looks great for 71. Yeah, he's, he, he, he's aged gracefully, Wani. Yeah. Rex Ryan is how old do you think Rex is? And you said, didn't you see, see Rex? I thought I saw Rex in Cancun a couple weeks ago. And then today he was on ESPN Radio saying he was in Cancun. So you saw Rex. I don't know if it was or just someone who looked like him. But he was in Cancun. You could tell by his teeth. He has got the whitest teeth that he on was the in planet. Cancun? Yes. If you saw him, you would be like, that's got to be Rex because those teeth are brilliantly white. Do you know how old he is? Rex is 69. 61. Oh, he's younger. Oh, yeah. that nice. I said your tip-off should have been when you saw him and you saw that dude who looked like Rex Ryan checking out Allie's feet. Then you should. That, should, that was, was the dead giveaway, he was not. He was not with his wife either. He told the story that uh, they were taking their dog down to Cancun and the dog was sick. So they made the airport said you can't take the dog on the plane. It's got a cough. So the wife had to take the dog home. So Rex is like, screw you two. I'm going down to Cancun. The dog had a cough? Yeah, like I guess there's a dog virus. There's a, virus. Dog, virus yeah, there's yeah. a dog virus going around. So the wife took the dog home, and Rex still continued on going to Cancun. Why would you want to take your dog to Cancun? I don't know. I thought that was an I odd thing, I too. love my dog more than anything, but I Maybe wouldn't want to take like, my dog to Cancun. Remember how Mongo used to take the dog everywhere? Yeah. But Rex is like, screw it. I'm going to Cancun. What kind of dog is it? I don't know. I'm not sure either. All right. We, we, what's up? We got to um, take a break. And, and when we come back, um, we all think that Matt Eberflus is a goner, especially after this last game. And I don't mean what, what Meller said either about I didn't Terry say Bradshaw. Anything. I mean, don't as put far that as on me. coach. Um, but there's one NFL insider who says not so fast. Regarding- Lee Corso? Yeah, that's, that's a Lee Corsoism. But it's not Lee Corso. There's one NFL insider. Yeah, don't you dare. Keep your mouth shut, Mallard. Could Matt Eberflus still be coming back next year? Wait to hear this next. Back to you for a really beautiful feed.